let's let's pray a lot. <laughs> right, Manny? Let's pray a lot. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for this day that you've given us to come here, your children, to worship you, to grow closer to you. Help us to be prepared to receive your word into good ground, Lord. Let us cast off everything that hinders and open up our ears to hear you, Lord, and to take your precious word into our hearts and allow it to take root and bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Turn to Matthew seven fourteen if you keeping up in the scriptures. I just want to preface this a little bit. Jesus, in Matthew, he enters into his ministry in the beginning of Matthew. And he, when uh, John the Baptist had baptized him, but then he went into the desert and fasted for 40 days and, and was with the Lord and he had been baptized with water and received the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus had everything that, that we have now as we've taken advantage of everything God has for us. And he was he'd been prepared, preparing for 30 years for his ministry of three and a half years. Amen. And basically, when John the Baptist, he was, he was, he was ministering, but then when John the Baptist went to, to prison... Jesus knew what the outcome was going to be. You understand? <laughs> he didn't go tell him, but he knew. And it sort of kind of kicked everything into high gear for the Lord. It was his time. And he, was, he went about doing some amazing things and exposing people to the kingdom of God and the love of the Father and what it's really, really all about. It was really nothing like what the legalism had taught them for 1,500 years. That was all supposed to point them to their need for God's grace and mercy and for this Savior who was coming, this beautiful, beautiful Savior. And he had been explaining, you know, he, he had talked uh, at great length. This is some great stuff we have from starting in Matthew 5. The Beatitudes is what you may know it as, the Sermon on the Mount. And he started explore, explaining to them what God is really like and how he felt about things, you know, from uh, m- murder and adultery and divorce and taking oaths and just re- retaliating and loving others and, and, uh, and giving and prayer and fasting and, and uh, uh, how he felt about money and, and judging others and, and how we have authority to ask, uh, ask the Lord and and, and we will receive, and, 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 and the golden rule, do unto others, you know, that was Jesus, not, uh, not the kindergarten teacher who invented that, and, um, and so forth and so on. And some of the things, it seemed <clears throat> even harder than the law, even though it was coming from a place of love, you see. He said, you know, in other words, he said, you, you heard... You know, not to kill, but even if you've been angry with someone enough to kill them, then you've committed murder. You're talking about people behind their back. Backbiting is murder to God. And some things like that, you know what I mean? And uh, they began to really understand their need 
for God and for a Savior. And if we're going to be able to do this, we're going to need some help. <laughs> a lot. A lot. A lot. Amen. And in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus talks about something that I think is critical to the Christian world today. And I want to just talk about it for a few minutes and see if we can make an impression here and, and to kind of make the trip and the connection. Matthew 7, I'm going to read 13 and 14. Verse 13, he says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. <laughs> Verse 14, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and a few there be that find it. That's very sobering. It led the disciples to do things like you see throughout the scriptures. That he, would, he would say some things that were really hard and they would say, they would look at each other and, and say, Lord, then who can be saved? You know? <laughs> And that's when he said something very beautiful, didn't he? What did he say? With man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. And so that's what he's talking about here. The Christian life shown here by God in two parts. One is the gate. And this is the gate that we must we must enter if we want to be with Him and enter into the kingdom of God. There's no way around it. There's no shortcut. And it says narrow is the way that leads to life. It's a single entry experience. Entering the gate. It's not a over and over again entry it's an entrance into this gate it's a it's a it's an experience it's an encounter with the gate himself who is Jesus Christ this is referring to being saved as the bible would refer to it being born again in john 3 verse 3 nicodemus nicodemus one of the one of the good men the good Men and teachers of the law of the time. He came to Jesus at midnight, which reflect, which tells you something. The fear of man brings a snare, believe me. But he did come to Jesus and tell him, well, you know, we know you're from God. Speaking of all the people, even the ones that ended up killing him. He said, we know you're from God. And, he, and Jesus just cut to the chase and he said, listen, unless a man be born again, he will not see the kingdom of God. And so that's what this experience is talking about. Being born again, being saved. And then he talks about this narrow path. I love the, the narrow path. I, uh, I bought Tavana for her birthday one year uh, um, a painting from um, uh, Thomas Kincaid. Yeah. And... Uh, we went over, they had a Thomas Kincaid gallery in Spring, and Old Town Spring, and anyway, we went over there, and 
got it. And you'll notice in a lot of his work, he's called the painter of light. And, uh, and it always looks like there's these bright lights. And he has a lot of biblical things in his paintings, little, little things that you have to look at for a long time. And then you'll find different things. And there'll be little crosses. And there'll be a Bible <laughs> sitting on the bench. And, and then generally, there's a, a lot of times in, in the one we have, there's a little narrow path leading off through, a, through a, like a gate or a trellis, you know. And it goes off into the woods. And that's uh, symbolic of what we're talking about here today. <clears throat> and so they're talking about this path in which we must walk after we enter into this gate, right? Well, Jesus here is warning in his way of the separation of these two things. <laughs> I'm going to let that die down a little bit because I this is this is a sometimes I'm a little slow to get to where I want to be but we're getting we're getting to that point. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So Jesus is warning about the separation of these two things to the Christian, okay? And it's referred to as the the way. The way is the Christian life. As a matter of fact, it used to be only referred to as the way before there was a term called Christianity. But the only entrance into this narrow way, which is the Christian life, is by Jesus Christ, who is the gate. Amen? It's not that hard to understand what he's saying. He's the gate. You have to be born again. You have to be saved. Matter of fact, I think in John 10, uh, let me just, I'll just go to it real quick. In John 10, right around the beginning. John 10, verses 7. Then Jesus said unto them, again, very, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Okay, this is the gate, the door, the way. Okay? All that ever come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and kill and to destroy. That's the devil. And I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. So there's the good news that we talk about all the time. Jesus is good, the devil is bad. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. <clears throat> Praise be to God. So, the purpose of entering the gate, my point is, is to walk in the way. <coughs> to walk in the narrow path, right? It's not uh, something that... We're expected just to enter in the gate and then just stand there. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a narrow path leading off into the, the future, as it were. Amen? So the fullness of life to which Jesus is calling us to, or invites us to, doesn't come just by entering the gate, but by walking thereafter in the way. Right? The way to which the gate gives access. <laughs> I'm laboring this point because I just want you to get it. 
We have to enter in through the gate. You know, there are, there are some that, you know, it says the, the, that basically the highway to hell is very broad, is what he says. <laughs> A lot of lanes on it. And there are some people, we're naturally in our old nature, we're drawn to that highway. It's more exciting. It's where everybody's at. Follow the crowd. Hey, why would I get off the beaten path? That's dangerous. That's scary. Let me go. Let me just stay on the highway. But I tell you what, I'll be good. I won't be. I won't be uh, swerving in and out of cars. I won't be breaking this. I'll stay in the slow lane. I'll be a good driver. I'll be <laughs> a courteous driver, as the Texas signs say. You know. And I should be fine. No. Will not. Will not be fine. Every one of those lanes leads to the same place. No matter how careful you are to get there. And all the while, the Lord is inviting you over to this other gate. This other entry point for this narrow path, which is not, as, not an easy path. But it is the correct path. Amen? Amen? But when we enter into this gate, it's not to be viewed as a, what, a static condition where you just stand there. <laughs> We're supposed to do something. It's not just a thing about being saved or having done it. It's not something that... Uh, just, just about the event, it's also about the path. So you can't, it's not okay just to say, I've entered into the gate. I've been saved. It's not just about being a Christian. Christianity, like I said in the old days, before there was a word called Christianity, it was just called the way. If you remember Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul, who wrote most of this New Testament... Or covenant, when he was, when he was in, in, had the encounter with Jesus, he was on his way with papers to go and 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 do damage and basically kill more anyone he found who was of the way. That's called that was Christianity. He was out to kill Christians. He thought he was working for God. That might remind you of a large part of the world today. They're not. <laughs> if they think God called them to kill Christians, they're working for the devil. I don't care how good they seem. Again, they might be in the slow lane, abiding by the rules of the, the laws of the road. But they're still on the highway to hell. Without Jesus. So you got to enter in through the narrow gate. But then it's not a static condition. It's not about just being saved or being a Christian. We're supposed to be moving along that road. <clears throat> Acts. Acts is a great book. If you, if you want to see what the church is supposed to look like. And the power and victory we're supposed to walk in. Read Acts. Acts chapter 17 Verse 28. 
lays it out in a pretty cool way. Acts 17, verse 28 says, For in him, in Christ, we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. I like that that phrase, in him we live and move and have our being or our identity. That's one of the <clears throat> hardest things that God dealt with me about initially. And I was the reluctant prophet or the reluctant preacher. And then I said, okay. I don't know why you want me. <laughs> but okay, if you insist. And then so I became this sort of, you know, I, I went about it like I'd done everything else. Let me succeed. You know, let me, and I'm a Texan, bigger is better. <laughs> and so I started, I guess I was on the fast track, wasn't I, honey? Sort of what you might call like a shooting star or whatever. And I'm not saying that to brag because it's my shame now. But I didn't understand at all until I was sitting in the office of that. <laughs> <laughs> nice new church with the theater and all that and already hanging around calling me bishop and, and this and that and, and uh, 30 churches all over and, and, and the promise of being able to travel to the, the islands and all that where some of the churches are and you know pretty cool I, when I ministered I'm ministering online and to, to, to multitudes all over the world and they're talking about you know we're making TV commercials and they're talking about making me the face of the ministry and doing television and all that stuff right all that to say this sitting in that office one day and I'm like Lord all the 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 truth that you've shown me by your spirit and I know it's real because it is alive in me it's compelling me it's exciting me just to think about the love and grace of God and truth just is anointed in me. And they're telling me that it's only by perfection and holiness that you can possibly get there. And I thought you were using me from inside to maybe bring about change and I was going to not only get the whole world saved, but even this group of Lifetime preachers who knew every scripture. <laughs> he said, do you trust me? Yes, sir. Are you prepared to take up your identity and me alone? Yes, Lord. Get your stuff and get out of here. <laughs> but Lord, my, my, my pastor will right there on the office door. You know? no, I didn't. I said, okay. I got up and I took one last walk around. Most of the people were in a conference in Florida. I went back, walked through the sanctuary and the theater and the classrooms and, and all that and looked around and with tears in my eyes, I had my box and I walked out. I said, yes, Lord. Now what? And I went home and told Tavana. We entered into a, a time of, uh, of great growth, you know. The Lord just really began to pour into me. 
And for I had sort of my desert experience like Paul did when he went off into the, the desert. And uh, it was a great time. But, you know, ever since then, it, it freed me. You know, because when you get free, when you get free of yourself, which is basically what he was doing, it frees me from you as well. And now don't take that in a negative way because I don't mean it that way. I love you all. and I hope you know that and feel it and see it. But it frees me from trying to preach to you what your itching ears want to hear. It keeps me from creating a message that's guaranteed not to offend. It keeps me from no matter what to never lowering God's standard to meet mine. Okay, or anyone else's. Just preach the truth. Trust God and trust them to make their own decisions and choices. But they must know the truth in order... It's the truth that sets us free. Amen? And it's not just the truth. The truth has always been here, hasn't it? But it's the truth that we hear, that we receive, believe, and apply. That will set us free. But it's, it's definitely an opportunity. If we enter in that gate and we begin to travel along that path. Because that scripture, in Him we live and move and have our being or our identity. Also, the, the part in Him is first. That's the gate. We live. Something that's alive will always be moving. It's not going to be motionless or static, as I mentioned before. It will move. It also implies growth. Something that's alive generally is growing. <laughs> it should be in motion. Developing, maturing. Amen? Now, in closing, first close, I want you to look at. I'm starting to feel better. Praise God. Proverbs 4. She snorked like you, honey. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. Proverbs 4, verse 18. I'm looking so diligently, and it's where I have my ribbon. (laughs) Proverbs 4, 18. Listen to this. It says, But the path of the just... Who are the just? The, you are. Justified by the blood of Christ, just as if I'd never sinned. Amen. God sees you, He sees Jesus. Pure gold. Amen. It's all based on every good thing that He did. Not you. He doesn't love you because you're lovely, although I think you're all quite lovely. But compared to, to Christ... All of our righteousness apart from Him is as filthy rags. Amen? Even if we're on that broad highway being the best driver there's ever been, we're lost. Until we get on that narrow path with Him. Proverbs 4.18 says, But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. You see that? It's the same as that scripture we were saying. Him we live and move and have our being. It's, a, it's more and more. It's, uh, 
Maybe a bad example, but it comes to mind. You hear people that have had near-death experience talking about they, they saw the light and they went toward the light, you know? And it was getting brighter and brighter as they got toward the light. Well, that wasn't death. They were, they were traveling toward it. It was life, amen? Yeah, amen? But I'm telling you, we don't have to wait until the sweet by and by to enjoy the benefits of our salvation and the life the eternal life that God has placed us the moment we were born again. It's the sweet now and now. The moment we agree with God, everything begins to change. Now, it is a process. It's a path. It's a journey. And it gets brighter and brighter and brighter the more we learn and the more, the closer we get to Him and the stronger our relationship with Lord Jesus Christ becomes. And the way it gets stronger and brighter is because He develops a track record in our lives. If everything we've ever done, we gave credit to ourselves for, and we never sought Him for the answers, you know why you pray about most things? Because the Bible, first of all, doesn't, doesn't the Bible say that, hey, God knows what you need before you need it. And it doesn't say, but He's not going to give it to you unless you ask. It, God loves you so much, He's going he's gonna to keep throwing breadcrumbs, and He's going to keep doing good things in your life. He caused the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Rain being a good thing in this particular. Think of yourself as a farmer. <laughs> because the goodness of God is what brings repentance. So, But the more you... If you pray about everything, it says pray without ceasing. Pray about everything. Then, when it happens, you know who to give the glory to. You know who to give the thanks to. You know who to give the credit to. Because believe me, whether you take the credit or not, it was really Him that did it. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights. Amen. So why not give Him the glory? Why not take that burden off Instead of trying to build a kingdom unto ourselves, it becomes heavy. You know, every 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 brick in the palace that you're trying to build for yourself of the kingdom of, the, of your own creation, it, it it's placed on your back. If you're the foundation, or basically you're building on the sand instead of on the rock. Cast your cares on the rock, on the sure foundation of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> Always brighter. Never meant to be an unpleasant journey. Because I know you can look. To me, I look at that painting I was telling you about. And it's got the, the ocean and there's a little house on the ocean front with the smoke coming out of the chimney and the light in the windows. And there's the ocean out there. And then there's the trellis on the right side of the house. And the little path that goes between it and it goes off into the dark woods. It looks a little scary. I mean, you know, Todd, Sam, maybe some of y'all, you'd probably enjoy it, you know, wouldn't be scared. But I know Harper, my three year old granddaughter, she'd rather be in that house with the smoky chimney or playing outside, you know, by the ocean, and, you know. Hey, that's. I'm not going down in the scary woods on that little path there, though. 
But you know what? If Papa was with her, she would go. She wouldn't be scared no more. She might ask a few questions. Are you sure, Papa? And that's what we do sometimes. Because, listen, it's the promise... The promise is that we never have to walk this path alone. Didn't the Lord say, I'll never leave you or forsake you? He said that in the Old Testament and the New. Amen. So, that's something that should encourage us. We're never going to walk alone. Isaiah 41, and then I'm probably finished. Isaiah 41, I want to show you from the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Isaiah 41.10, fear thou not. You know, they say it says, don't fear, don't be afraid. 365 times in the Bible, one for every day of the year, all right? I'm sure there's one hidden in there somewhere for years like this with the leap year. Okay? God didn't miss anything. Ask him about it sometime. He'll say, look, here's the one they didn't see. It was there. Never be afraid. Isaiah 41.10 It says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. How comforting. That's one of the scriptures that I leaned on through some tough times recently. And look in the New Covenant, Matthew 28, verse 20. (laughs) Or I'll just read it to you. Matthew 28, The very last scripture in Matthew. Jesus said, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. You know what that word always means in the Greek? Always. You know what it would would happen if if it weren't true? Everything we can everything we see would just disappear. This word holds it all together. It all started with this word, and this is the only thing that's gonna last when we're with him for eternity, when all this is gone. Amen. Amen. There's the next phase to this story, but I like I like this stopping point. Don't you? I think it's very comforting and appropriate. The narrow gate must be entered. He's inviting everyone. I believe everyone here has entered into that gate. So thank God. But I know there are others that hear this message in different places of the world. And all you have to do is answer the invitation. Amen? Just... Faith is just your positive response to the grace that has already been provided by the Lord. Believe that He is the Son of God, that He came and died for our sins, that He was resurrected 
on the third day and that he lives today. Sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And he wants desperately for us to know him and to be with him. And all we have to do is believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and he, he's going to be there for us. Just, just call upon him. I know the day that I finally did it correctly, I mean, I had been religious before. I'd been baptized a couple of times. And if you read my book, you see that one of the times was drunk. And all I got was wet. But when I really called upon him, it wasn't a fancy prayer. It wasn't anything. I didn't have to go find a a minister, although one was on his way rapidly to my home. And thank God he came that day. But I just got on my knees and I said, Lord, if you'll come into my home and into my heart today, I'll never ask you to leave. Man, did he come running. That's a good prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for your love and grace and mercy. Thank you that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, Father, we try to honor you by staying in your word. We are a Bible-based church. We believe your word. All scripture is God-breathed, and we believe that. And it's useful for everything we need. So we're going to stick to your word, Lord. We're going to believe upon you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you have provided the narrow gate for us to enter in through. And the path, the way, the life. That's you. And that you'll never leave us or forsake us. We don't have to walk it alone. We don't have to carry the load. We're to cast our cares upon you, for you care for us. And we thank you for the peace that you've given us to walk this path along with you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.